It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens! With an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. This is James. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience with service work in recovery in this episode 26 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Hi. Yeah, so listen, Hi. you guys, I've got a bone to pick with my so-called friends that I spend so much time with. Well, just, just say it. Okay, well, last week, you know, was March 5th. You guys do know what March 5th is. Well, we do now. That's right. It was my 40th birthday. Not even a balloon. Don't give me that look. Sorry. It's okay. I had fun. Are you are you done? I mean, <laughs> to to be fair, you didn't tell us. You shouldn't have to tell your well, I mean, friends. But but like Facebook didn't post come up yeah. on it or anything. Like you're we, always on Twitter. Well, I I thought the best gift would be that you know if we don't mention that you're 40 years old, then you might not have a a midlife crisis that day. I accept, I accept gift cards and Star Wars toys. <laughs> All right. if, if you do feel bad for James, and I don't know why you would, there's a way you can reach out to us on Twitter and wish him a belated happy birthday. Happy birthday, James. And if you were to go to our Twitter account, you would see I posted a happy birthday meme just for you, but you didn't check it out. Was it but, Baby Yoda? But you, you listeners can check it out on Twitter at the underscore characters the underscore characters and that is our twitter account and if you have any questions ideas or anything you can reach out to us there and we will reply to you and you can see the march 5th dated meme of happy birthday james will that will that work james yes i'm that's that's nice. I'm gonna start with you, Dennis, so Thanks, that way guys. James can get over himself. Uh, <laughs> when it when it comes to uh, service work and recovery, the topic that we're tossing out today, uh, what does the word service mean to you? And when you were new, uh, how did service work kind of help you out? S- say the first like month that you were going to meetings. Well, I mean to be honest, I, this is the first time I'm hearing this word of service. Like, does this have anything to do with the program or anything? Like, I, I'm lost here. Like, is this like people bringing me food at a restaurant or something? Uh, no, no I, Dennis. No, I think you know. Early on, I, I probably heard the word service probably my first meeting if I could remember anything that was said at it um but I obviously didn't know what it meant you know like you go to meetings and people throw out these words and stuff like that but I don't have a concept of what they're actually saying until I learn it and am around for a while so I didn't really understand what service in this context of of you know AA or recovery uh implied you know I think Shortly, you know, I started learning that, like, 
things like making the coffee or like having a a, a commitment on like the the committees or whatever, like the chairman, treasurer, secretary, like for the business meetings and stuff, and things like um, chairing the meeting and stuff like that is is probably what I learned early on the service, and then much later, you know. I learned about the concept of practicing all this, all these principles in all parts of our lives and stuff. So service became a much broader thing, like doing 12th step work with newcomers or people that are struggling, uh, doing service for family or at work or anything, you know what I'm saying? And bringing that, that spirit of what can I do to add to the situation or lessen the burden of another, you know? James, are you feeling okay? Feeling fine, Mike. I was just going Sorry, through my head. No, no, no. I was only kidding. Oh. I got lots of balloons, just not from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was kind of a. Well, you guys know my story. I came in, you know, first AA meeting, I was 23. So, if I want to think way back then. My first meeting, my first month, I service was not even on the radar. I was just trying to go through the day without thinking of a drink or a drug. Um, and when I fast forward to two and a half years ago when I picked up my last white chip, um, service um, became um, part of my story quite rapidly. And I remember moving up to um, the Orla Orlando area and uh, I didn't have a place to live. And right away, um, one a, a nice lady uh, gave me and my wife and our three animals a place to live for a couple weeks uh, while she went away. So I was, in a sense, house-sitting. She's like, okay, you guys can stay here, but I need my garage cleaned out. And uh, I, for the first time in a long time, I didn't have any pain or anything. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that for you. Thank you so much. And it was a way that I could give back. And that was a whole day project. And, and afterwards, I felt so good about doing it. And that was the first manual labor I had done in a couple of years, too. So it was, it, was, it was a good feeling in more than one ways. Yeah, I would say, like, early on, it didn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. The whole, my very first meeting, I remember Evergreen, this 65, 70-year-old woman was chairing the meeting. And at that point, you don't understand the tradition of, you know, uh, just signing up for it. So I thought, oh, she's obviously somebody that was hired to kind of run this. And then you find out after going that, no, you actually just put your name in a book, you sign up, and you commit to doing it and that that meeting it was the brown bag in uh essex junction vermont and she was chairing the meeting had found a speaker and the way they did it was every single it was a monday um i remember because like any good alcoholic you know i uh i started you know aa to start the week and my first meeting had her and I found out it was service work that she was actually providing. Same thing as the, the speaker. I said, oh, he, he must be a speaker. And then I went to the next meeting, and he was just actually, you know, uh, bozo on the bus like the rest of us, as we find out. And it's kind of amazing how this thing works, right? I mean, 
if you have the money, you drop a dollar in the basket and it's self-supporting. And the service that's provided is just one alcoholic caring for another alcoholic. And it doesn't make sense until it then does, once you actually stick around enough. And I was grateful that the, the service that they were providing was allowing me to identify with being an alcoholic so that way I could see what would actually kind of create a, uh, a, a basis for living, I guess, like a, one that I could appreciate and see some change in me. Um, and there's so many different things you can do as service work that's pretty easily appreciated if you actually think of anything that you do as helping somebody else out and being uh, you know, selfless. So I'm, I'm going to swing this over to you, Dennis of how the service work that you've done and what you've done and how each uh, piece just quickly has helped your sobriety. So whether it's making coffee or being a greeter or chairing a meeting or sharing at a meeting, how those things, in your opinion, have, have helped your sobriety. Um, I think I'll start with like the first time that I ever did service like when I came in to the rooms you know I dealt I had a lot of anxiety and stuff so like I didn't share in the meetings or anything I was just kind of quiet and I showed up and I would talk to people after like one-on-one and stuff but I didn't really participate in the meetings and stuff and then my uh my grand sponsor one one morning like Basically, he's like, you know what? He's like, come here. And he's like, took me to the, the, the volunteer book and opened it up. And he's like, you know what? You need to chair a meeting. And he, and he like went to a week and he like, he's like, look, you have this day and you have this day available. Pick one. And I was like, you know, all nervous and anxious, like, oh, whatever. But, you know, I'd already decided that, you know, I'm going to do this thing and, and whatever. So it was like okay i'll I'll pick i'll pick this day and i pointed at the day and he's like okay well write your name in there you're volunteering for this i'm not doing it and i was like oh he got me um so i i i signed my name up and then the day that it came you know i was anxious on the verge of a panic attack but i chaired the meeting and what that did for me personally was that it, it made me a part of that group. You know what I'm saying? It forced me to stand or sit up in front of people and do the whole uh, spiel that's all scripted out and do the readings and the prayer and everything. And then I had to share a little bit about myself to qualify. And it was nerve wracking. It really was. But like, you know, I did it again and again. And each time, it got less scary and I got more comfortable doing it. So it really helped me to get out of that shell and be a part of the group. And then, you know, shortly after that, I took a coffee commitment. I did the coffee at a meeting for like a year and a half maybe or so. And that really helped me in the sense that like I had to be, I was the first one there. I set everything up. It gave me a commitment that I had to get out of bed and show up. You know, so it got me there. But then as people would show up every morning and I'd be the only one there, it forced me to talk to people and get to know people on a personal level rather than just sitting in a room and and, you know, blending into the crowd. I now became like 
a person who had personal relationships and like I saw that people cared about what was going on with me and in my life and stuff and then I cared about what was going on with them and stuff so it really made me feel like I was a part of something much much bigger than myself and then from that like now my service like I've spoken at rehabilitation centers I share my story at one of my groups like at least once a year um I'm not going to cut. Turn the light on. I'm going to talk if I want to talk. Like, screw you guys. Did you not hear what I just said? You should be happy I'm saying anything. This is my show. Fuck. I'm sorry for the F word. Um, no, but like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purposely go longer now. But now, like, I have commitments at meetings to where I'm a secretary for one meeting, I a treasurer for another meeting and stuff like that. And that's my way of giving back to everything that the program has given me. So now, James, since you want to flick that light and play the music to get me off, what do you have to say? Is it important? Well, ever since I've been president of AA, um, <laughs> I've had tremendous responsibilities. I've... <laughs> Um, Dennis has been my right-hand man a couple times, but I had to fire him twice. It, it, it really hurt. It, my ego and my pride got, like, shrunk. I kid, I kid. I so, kid. Um, service work for me involves doing things that I, I don't necessarily want to do, and which is a lot of times because I'm, I'm still an alcoholic that thinks about myself a lot. And myself likes to take naps mm -hmm. and likes to play video games and sometimes isolate. Um, so when any chance I have to be of service to someone else, um, I, I jump on that opportunity. Um, I currently live with my in-laws, wonderful spiritual pe people that I love very much. And... Um, they don't ask a lot of me. They ask to, to keep the house clean. And once in a while, they'll ask me to, to maybe hang up a, a painting or to trim the hedges. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to be able to do that for them because they've done so much for me. Um, doing service is doing stuff for people who are courageous enough to come up and ask you for help. Um, and for AA, it's, it's helping the the newcomer helping the alcoholic who is still sick and suffering who would come up to me and ask for help or direction a lot of times they come up to me they don't ask me to be their sponsor but they're just like hey so what's this AA thing all about you know and you know they want help sometimes they don't know how to ask for it so it's, it's reading between the lines sometimes um yeah how about you Mike so I want to swing this back your way the I guess thing as far as when you went to a meeting and maybe like a example of whether it was chairing or sharing at a meeting or doing coffee, like what have you done in the rooms and how did that actually make you feel afterwards? You know, so I guess like the, the selfish part of service work as far as like the, the actual emotion and, and how is that? Can you give us one example? Yeah, I, I always, always feel better after I, I am doing something outside of myself. Um, it's getting through that, that not wanting to do it, 
but it, 100% of the time I feel better after I, I do something for someone else. I, I never leave a situation or a meeting begrudgingly like, oh, I can't believe they asked me to do that. It, it's never happened. I can think of a couple of times it's happened. All lies. <laughs> lies, I tell you. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Guys. Um, so so I will I will honestly tell you, and this kinda goes right along with what Dennis was uh, was saying. This is just what he was and this isn't me trying to top you. This is just like somebody pushing me towards something that I really had uh, very, very little intention of doing, which was um, my home group in uh, Essex, Vermont, I went to the group conscience that happened every single month. Uh, you know, different meetings we'll do at different times where you'd go and say, okay, the secretary, you have anything to bring up? The treasurer, anything to bring up? Uh, you know, the uh, uh, literature chair, the person who's in charge of all the, the books, you know, and the GSR who for that group had her name was Lee she gave me my four-month chip and the night that she gave me my four-month chip uh, later that night on the way home from a bar which um, we'd find out the the last six months um, when she was still going to meetings she had relapsed and her and her husband were going to a VFW um, and she was going through a tough time and she was drinking. She was driving home in a snowstorm. He was in one car, she was in another and she was ahead of him and her car veered off the road and she slammed head on into a guardrail guardrail, and ended up dying. Uh, and he, he didn't want to get a DUI and knew that he was too, knew that he was drunk to drive as well. He driving home, um, and then uh, had the cops come to his house and tell him that his wife had died um, in the car uh, afterwards. Uh, she was the GSR, the general service representative, and they needed a new one. And I, at the time, like I mentioned, had only had four months of bride and you were supposed to have a year if you were the general service representative, which your tasks are to go to the area level uh, meetings that happen once a season, so every three months, represent your group, get all the pamphlets and literature, and bring back whatever was talked about. Also, once a month, go to a meeting where the different GSRs from every home group would come together and gather the information for the, the next level of AA, and uh, you would represent that. And it was something that I raised my hand and said, yeah, like, I guess I'll, I, like I'll do it because nobody else would. But it took a, uh, a guy that was in the fellowship had had 10 years sobriety that said, you know what, even though he doesn't have the time, Mike's the only one that will actually go to the meetings and do it. Uh, so it was something that I guess I was grateful that I, I could step up, but was I equipped for it? I don't, I don't know. Even my sponsor, who uh, was the literature chair at that time, he wasn't able to make the meeting, but he was like, well, I'm like, okay, like you're willing to step up. So they knew that obviously if I was committing to this role, 
that was you know a year into sobriety you needed to even have it and then it was a two-year commitment um it was just something i i said yes that i'll do and i'm grateful that i did uh, because i was able to talk to old timers and also bring in some newcomers to actually what i learned at the meetings and it felt like more of a responsibility uh something that i was equipped for because really it was just going to additional meetings it was it was like very limited but i was glad that i was able to do it you know i want to i want to chime in on on that equipment like are i equipped to do this service work or whatever am i capable of uh, and I find it interesting because, like, left up to my own devices, I'm not going to do any of it. I don't know how to do any of it or anything. Yeah, we know. And I know, you know. But, like, <laughs> but like in, like, taking these service commitments, I learned that I could do them. And I, even if I had to learn how to do them, like being secretary, I never knew how to be secretary. I don't think I could do it. I don't want to do it or whatever. But I learned how to do it. Now that's a skill that I have. Like... Being a treasurer, I don't. Why would anyone trust me to count money or do or keep track of it or do any of that stuff? I'm totally not equipped for that or qualified for that. But in doing it and be willing to open and doing it, I've learned like basic accounting. You know what I'm saying? And it's a skill that I, I've gotten from just stepping up and doing it, and not worrying about if I am equipped to do it or not. You know, James. Well, I got I got a hard hitting question of the week and it's coming your way. Well, I just have to bring one thing up. Last week what? I learned that uh, Dennis was a triplet, so I'm uh, the whole week I've been thinking that there's two other Dennis's walking around. Are they like little clones? I think he killed them in the womb, right? In the womb, right? Oh my Is god! No. <laughs> Is that, no. Want to tell that story? Tell that no, story. They're my siblings. They're not dead. I didn't murder them in the womb. If it's so really dark, murder like is it really murder though if it's before you're born oh we're not getting into that debate <laughs> <laughs> Are they, do they look just like you they don't they're we're fraternal triplets i have a sister eternal and I, triplets fraternal forever for, fraternal. yeah but really you're triplets forever so yeah, you are we eternal are, we are eternal and we're fraternal but I have a sister and a brother. Me, me and my sister, when we were younger, actually looked more alike than, than my brother did to us. But, your you poor know, brother. It's not a bad oh, thing. Oh, you're right. Your like... poor sister. <laughs> so, so oh James. Oh, my God. Leave my family alone. I may or may not cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm leaving it. I'm not editing this. Uh, yeah, don't put that much work into this thing. James, Come on. James, yeah, it's progress, not oh, editing. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was just on my mind. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yes, I'm a triplet. So we not, We're not psychic, and we did not dress alike. Can we get back to the hard-hitting? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> that was pretty hard. Is it? <laughs> was, yeah. uh, is service and spirituality connected, and how are they? Yes, um, very much so. I believe as as I grow on along spiritual lines, which is the point, um, that to become more like my higher power, I need to to give away what was freely given to me. And I need to do things that I do not want to do. When I do that, especially when I don't want to do them, that is how I grow spiritually. That is how I become like my creator. I believe that with all my heart. And the fact that I know that truth, I've been able to do that in the past two years. 
And as I do it, I have found more peace than I have ever had uh, in my entire life. And um, I, it's just such a it's just a wonderful thing to do things for other people. Sometimes not so much, but it always is just a, a great feeling that overcomes me. Good question, Mike. So how do you know that it's enough, Dennis? Like, how do you know that you're doing enough service work? Um, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think there is enough, you know, I don't, I don't think you reach that point because I think, you know, like for me anyways, it's about being open to doing service. So when an opportunity presents itself, like if someone needs someone to talk to, if someone needs help with something, if someone needs you to do anything, you do it. You know what I'm saying? If you're able, if you if it's in the schedule and, and whatever, and you're able to do it, you do it. So it's not a matter of like, okay, I, I talked to three newcomers today, or I went to this many meetings and did this commitment or whatever. It's, it's about being open and being willing. So if all of a sudden my week is, my free time is filled up with people that need assistance, then you just do that. You know what I'm saying? If, if I try to quantify it or whatever, then there's going to be a lot of situations that need you in them that you're not going to show up for, you know? I do. I do know. Good. I do know what you're you're saying. If you I don't know. Now I you know. know. You can't say that last part. <laughs> that last part's vulgar. Um, I, I think one of my favorite I guess suggestions that my first sponsor brought up to me as far as service work is he said, okay, I want you to be the greeter this week. And I said, well, I don't like that position's already said. He said, okay, then be the light switch guy. And the light switch guy was the opposite of the greeter. He had to make sure that he was the very last person in the room and would tidy everything up and I guess be one of the cleanup people. But Wait he was. I didn't even know that was a position. I do that at, at, at the morning meeting. And I better? just. Well, I, I guess. But like, I didn't know it was an official title. I'm going to start calling myself the light switch guy now. You can. Also, uh, James, can you grab him a macaroon over there? Hold on. Can I? What is that? Wait, that's the crunchiest <laughs> macaroni. You didn't have to eat it in front of us. I I, I will say I will say this that was that was, a, that was a joke by the way. It was actually a Frito bag. Uh, we were. Oh, I really wanted a macaroon. Who in their right mind would think that was a macaroon that you just handed him? <laughs> I'm a movie to radio. Oh, it's, I no, but I will say that, that we was. Need, we need to give you a folly course. That was. <laughs> Um, that, that being said, anything that you do for other people, uh, makes you feel better and you don't need the accolades. Like well, Dennis has just, chime in, like, like y'all sponsor said it best. And I learned it early on and it's in the beginning of our intro. If you want self-esteem, do esteemable things. So Brian, Brian's yeah, no, mm -hmm. no, that's, that's what he says though. Oh. Um, so the, the light switch guy was one thing and I just love how many unique service positions there are and it really doesn't take much. What's the most unique within the rooms 
thing that you did for service that you you didn't even realize outside of the light switch guy that we just heard <laughs> from macaroon boy um like the the thing that you can do that's very easy that you can actually put into the service position category james um the, probably chairing the meeting you get the most um well i get that's the, not unique i th- it's unique to me okay. Because I was terrified to speak in front of people and tell my story. Um, you know, for the first month or two, my sponsor said uh, to not say a word. My service to the group was to be quiet and not raise my hand and say anything. He was right. After I got a few months, he's like, now I want you to chair the meeting once a week. And I started doing that. And by doing that, I learned people's names. I learned who was a newcomer. I was forced to pay attention. And afterwards, people would come up and and thank you. And you would get to know people because, you know, as human nature has it, they're attracted to people who are in front of everyone talking. You know, they want to come up and meet them. So it was an easy way for me to learn people. And And I'll add, you've actually gotten like several sponsors from chairing the meeting and them hearing you chair the meeting. I did. I've gotten two. That's several. <laughs> Sponsees. Sponsees. Sponsees, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Did I say yeah. One, uh, one is w- wonderful. He did the steps. He did um, what he was told, except call me every day. I'm kind of glad he doesn't call me every day, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't mean that in a mean way, because I don't, sometimes I don't want to talk on the phone. But um, but it's it's the action. Anyways, I'm getting off course. Um, Sorry. No, that's all right. The other sponsor, he, he fell. The other sponsor, he, he, he did it his way. And I haven't seen him for a while, but I do pray for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. As far as service work, uh, and I'll, I'll put this on each of you. I'll answer first, though. Uh, as, far as, as far as growing within service work, like what's the next on the agenda to enhance your program that you're working on as far as service work? Um, you know, one thing that I know Dennis and I are still doing for recovery plans for the new year that we talked about a couple months ago was making sure that anyone that we don't recognize their face, we reach out the hand of AA that always, as we find out in the responsibility statement, that's always supposed to be there. Um, I would say, the next thing that I'm going to, to try uh, my darndest to do is really appreciate that whenever anybody shares their story or identify, even if they're in conversation with somebody else, just take a second and say, hey, I really identify with that. Thank you so much. Um, and just providing that appreciation um, service, you know, and because sometimes that will open it up. You know, we, we had uh, a, a woman that had just, from our home group, moved into a new place. And James, just a couple of weeks ago, said, hey, you have furniture that you're looking to put together? You know, let, let us know. And, uh, you know, that's something that only takes, what, two hours, guys? To, to You know, you can even dedicate, say, well, I got 45 minutes, but that's 45 more minutes than if you weren't actually able to do that. So um, I'm just going to make sure I just keep saying yes to the things that before I was in the program, I would say no to. Dennis? Hi, uh, I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> 
I loved what you said about people when they share. Sorry, Dennis. They share their story. Mm-hmm. You you make an effort to go up there and shake their hand and say thank you for giving us you know their time. That's a wonderful thing. I'm going to do that too, Mike. Uh, also, something I don't do really enough at all is when there's a newcomer, make a conscious effort to go over there. Find out what's going on, exchange numbers with them, and invite them back. I, I know I should be doing that every time, but sometimes I don't. And um, a, a lot of you know that my my wife had a service commitment at a rehab, and they currently stopped going. Or they stopped having outside inside meetings, so she is now preparing to start going to the jails. And she'll be going to the jail. So I don't know if I can go with her to do that. Am I speaking louder now? Oh, my goodness. I'm getting nods from Mike and Dennis. All right. Sorry, guys. So maybe I can start going into jails. You know, maybe I can do that. And this podcast, I love doing this on a weekly basis. This is a great way to do service, I think. And it's fun. Super fun. Dennis, do you want to go now? It's your turn, Dennis. Here. I guess... Um, now that we've had that podcast, Mike, back to <laughs> like, <laughs> Can was, I speak? I want to say something. <laughs> um, no, I like that you mentioned the, the podcast, though. It's like if we're talking about like unique service, I think this this is probably the uniquest service that any of us do. And, you know, it's not it's one that we're able to share our experience, our strength and our hope and also give a a platform for people that we know to share their stories and stuff but it's also like what i get out of this is even more probably than our listeners get out of it you know what i'm saying like when we meet here in the studio like once a week and do this it's like a whole nother meeting to me and we tend to go more in depth on on certain topics than a general meeting because we're it's only three of us and we're talking a little longer and so it, it's helped me like immensely in that aspect of it. But then also like as far as like what I could do, I think our resolution that we made this year is still valid even like a few months in to where I still have this natural instinct of being an introvert and not talking to people unless they talk to me and stuff like that. And I notice that I am like that, like I would, a newcomer I'll like if they're free or whatever I'll be more apt to introduce myself to them but then as far as like people who chair or people who do a good share I I until you pointed it out I didn't even realize it that I don't even really do that you know what I'm saying if I hear something that really touched me or made sense or I relate to I never tell anyone that so that might be something for me to be more aware of you know what I'm saying and then I think like shaking the hand of a newcomer and saying welcome and introducing you and just giving them names that alone is probably the simplest service you can do that has the most impact on people you know what i'm saying because that means a lot to someone whenever you go into a new scary place you're usually at the bottom of your your life and stuff and you want help and stuff to that warm welcome that what's your name oh good how are you doing like is is so powerful you know, baloney. You're baloney. So, so uh, I guess anyone that has done service, even going to a meeting, and making sure that you're uh, you're there on time, 
and you put your chair back at the end of the meeting, you don't think that that's service, but it really is because, you know, early on. Is it, is it Mike? It is. For for sure, Absolutely. how many how many people how many stuff, people don't sure. don't uh, put the or they duck out a minute beforehand because they're having a tough time, yeah. you know. There's people that are even great examples. So a lot of people would think about AA, but they always come in about eight minutes late, right? And they they're not there, and uh, not fully committing to that hour, and that's a service to provide to make sure that you're on time that's something that anybody can do so if you're new in the program and you don't want to uh, talk to somebody before or after the meeting I totally get it but even just being there for the the group as soon as you know it turns to the top of the hour and then when the meeting is done uh, heading out and returning your chair is some simple service work uh, recommendations do you guys have anything else you want to give to the newcomer as far as uh, service work goes before we wrap this up i i just want to like stress re-stress i guess the importance of service work you know what i'm saying if you want to get better and learn to do a different way like dive into service work immediately you know what i'm saying ask like what you could do even if, like you said a greeter a light switch person coffee or whatever and as soon as you do that you'll feel more a part of the herd and a part of the group and you'll grow a lot quicker and learn a lot more faster. All right. We'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 27. We're the defective characters. Entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, it works if you work it. And we'll see you next time. Woohoo! Bye. Have a good day. Do you not like my woohoo? Will? No, I hate it. I just called, I just called you Will.